what's happening? Welcome back once again to the YEGMS podcast. Before I get going on episode number 32, I want to take some time to mention MS Buddy from Healthline. What is MS Buddy? Well, it's an app for your smartphone. Doesn't matter if you have an Android phone or an Apple phone. MS Buddy will work on that. And what MS Buddy is, it's an app that's free that connects people with MS. So each day you get matched up with a new buddy. You can share stories. You can talk about living as an MS warrior or anything else. So anyway, give it a try. Go to the either the Google Play Store or the or the Apple App Store today and give it a shot. You got nothing to lose. It's free, and it's a pretty neat idea. Anyways, episode number thirty-two. What I want to talk about today is something that I got interested in way back in twenty thirteen when I started. OwnMultipleSclerosis.com. Initially, there was no podcast, and it was it was simply a blog, and it wasn't uh, it was simply a place for me to to put my thoughts sort of out into the ether, and um, never really knew where it was gonna where it was gonna take me or where it was gonna go. And initially, when I started OwnMultipleSclerosis.com, my my main focus was at the time, and and I still do it to, the, to this day is keeping in tabs on the current research as it's related to multiple sclerosis. And one of my early uh, passions is probably too strong of a word, but one of my early uh, focus focuses, of, that's not even a word, but one of the things I, early things I focused on was the vitamin D hypothesis. And if you're not familiar, the vitamin D hypothesis is an idea that's been put forward that low vitamin D levels are a contributing factor to the development of multiple sclerosis. And of course, the primary way humans get vitamin D is through sunlight. It's absorbed through the skin. So the vitamin D hypothesis kind of tackles the, you know, the knowledge, and we know that the further in the northern hemisphere, the further you get away from the equator, the further north you go, MS rates climb. So, for example, where I live in northern Alberta, Canada, MS rates are some. The MS rates here are some of the highest in the world. And of course, you know we're inland, and we're very far north of the equator. Uh, to give people, a, you know, sort of a, a geographic context of where I live, I mean, it's about a twelve. I'm about a twelve-hour drive north of Montana, ten to twelve hours somewhere in there, just to give you an idea. So the, 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 the idea behind the vitamin D hypothesis is simply in northern latitudes, obviously you get, especially right now, this time of year, we only, you know, the sun, it, it's dark out by 5 o'clock. Um, we get very limited sunlight during the day, and, and which would lead to, would you, would, you know, would lead to lower vitamin D levels, and will that, and does that somehow cause MS? And I found that very fascinating, and it also is one of the things, and, and it really bled into my early interest into uh, diet, because one of the early studies that I read about vitamin D uh, talked about what well, was, yeah, talked about how uh, in some of the Nordic countries, and I can't remember specifically which one it was, um, they did have the expected higher rates of MS, but it was only inland. And where that ties in the diet, 
the people, the coastal regions didn't seem to have as high of rates of MS, even though they were in a northern climate. And I believe how it was stated in the paper is the, is the theory behind why it would be different coastally is that they would eat more fish. Fish contains omega-3s. Omega-3 is very good for your brain, very good for your nervous system. So that's kind of the, just to give you context of sort of the frame of mind I was in, uh, you know, four years ago, five years ago. So I was, I was, I was puzzled uh, and very, very interested when I came across a paper about geomagnetic disturbances and, and multiple sclerosis and, 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 how, and how that relates to the vitamin D hypothesis. So now this paper I read in, in 2013 was called Geomagnetic Disturbances and Multiple Sclerosis. And it was by Dr. Edin Sajedi and Dr. Uh, Fahime Abdullahi, and was published in, the two, in 2012 in the BMC Neurology Journal. And what they were looking at, and what they were putting forward is, well, the, while the vitamin D hypothesis is kind of nice and neat because the further you go away from the equator, less sunlight, we, we absorb vitamin D from sunlight. So it's, it's a very nice and neat theory because it's, it's I mean, it, it, logically, just, just thinking through it logically, it's, it's easy, easy to understand. But the problem these two gentlemen discovered was that is only true in the northern hemisphere. The distribution of multiple sclerosis in the southern hemisphere doesn't follow the same pattern. So if sunlight is to blame, or lack of sunlight is to blame, you should see the same phenomenon north and south of the equator, which what they're saying you don't. And what, so they were looking for other factors that may explain, explain it. And what they found was in our upper atmosphere, there are disturbances, these geomagnetic disturbances, geomagnetic disturbances that are directly affected by activity of the sun, sunspots, solar flares, solar storms, these sorts of things. And these geomagnetic disturbances can also be plotted much like latitude, except for instead of being completely linear like latitude, the, the sort of the lines are parabolic or curved. So they're, they look like waves rather than straight lines going around, around the Earth. And what they found was at plus or minus 60 degrees, so 60 degrees north or 60 degrees south of the equator on these parabolic lines was sort of a sweet spot for MS and the instances of multiple sclerosis were roughly the same north and south of the equator. So very, very fascinating stuff. And it, it, as it turned out, interestingly enough, you know, I wrote a blog post about it, and I guess one of the one of the doctors, well, it was a, a uh, one of the doctors online, and I believe he was 
going to the search engine to look, you know, he was doing, doing web searches to find out if anyone, uh, if there had been any mentions of their study. Well, of course, he came across my blog post, so he sent me an email. Just saying, you know, I read, he read my blog post, he liked what I wrote. Uh, he was a little surprised I understood it as well as I did. And we've kept in touch over the last four years. And in usually about once a year, he sends me an update. And there's usually a follow-up paper or, or research along the same lines. So since that time, I've written, I've written three blog posts each time he sent me a new paper. And about a month ago, he sent me another one. So I decided to talk about it on the on the podcast because I'm sure a lot of you have not been exposed to exposed to this theory. I know I haven't, and I know it really hasn't hit the mainstream. I don't certainly don't hear about it from my MS society, and I, and, I, and I do talk to a lot of other people with MS, and, and I, no one's ever brought it up to me. Uh, it seems that I'm the one bringing it up, and I find it interesting. I think. I think they make some really compelling arguments and and for me learning more about the chronic condition that I have is important. I and I think it's just for peace of mind. It's just to know that I know enough. I guess I I mean I don't even really I just feel compelled to to look into my disease and and see, I think mostly it's just to see if I can make any changes and any shifts that are going to help me reduce attacks, reduce the, you know, their progression. And here I am 11 years later with very little progression. I mean, I'm, I'm still very active. Obviously, I run a lot. And, and you know, the, the previous series of podcasts that I've, I've done, one, was on di one series was on diet, one was on exercise. I mean, that stuff really has come out of uh, consistently looking to see what the current research is, what some theories are, and, and at the end of the day, I, I just try and do anything I can to help myself that's not going to harm myself, anything reasonable. Anyway, back to what we're talking, what I'm talking about. So to just kind of give you a, a, a context or, a, you know, a frame of reference to understand where these, these guys are, I'm going to read uh, a quote from the very first paper that I read back in 2013. Just so maybe hopefully you can understand where they were coming from. Here's the quote. There are important features in MS prevalence that seem to be neglected by researchers who seek the key of MS explanation via the vitamin D hypothesis. This fact is that MS prevalence the, sorry, this fact is that the MS prevalence gradient is different in the north, northern and southern hemispheres and is not linear everywhere. Based on this data, this gradient is parabolic in the northern hemisphere while it's linear in the southern hemisphere. This feature was identified from first reports of this gradient up to the most recent study. So that's the frame that they were looking at it from. And it was trying to understand how, why MS prevalence is different in the northern and southern hemispheres. And how does that relate to vitamin D? Because obviously it should be the same. And it wasn't. This leads me to the paper I was sent a month ago. Now, I, before I get to the paper I was sent a month ago, I should note that 
all these papers that, that, that I've been sent and my four other blog posts, will all links to all that stuff will be in the companion notes to this podco- podcast at, on, at ownmultiplesclerosis.com. In the 27-minute window I have for these podcasts, I don't have time to go deep into all the science and all that stuff. I just It's more of a, a Coles Notes, 10,000-foot view, sharing some information. If you want to know more, the actual papers and stuff will all be in the companion notes. You can read it for yourself. And I, and I, and I suggest that you do. It's, it is dry academic writing, but, it, but it does, it, it's not that it's without value. So in this research article that, that one of the doctors sent me uh, about a month ago, what they are attempting to do is look at, okay, we've, we've stated in the past that we think that geomagnetic disturbances may have a tighter correlation to MS prevalence than the vitamin D hypothesis. So then they want to put it to the test. Let's look at some people in different, you know, in populations that live close to these, you know, that are further away from the equator or closer to plus or minus 60 degrees on the geomagnetic uh, sort of latitude. And let's see. Let's see what we have. Now, this is from, just to give you, so this is the purpose that they give, you know, right, right on the cover page of the paper here as to why they did this, this, this study. And here's the quote. Insufficient received ultraviolet B radiation, or UV, is regarded as the main environmental risk factor for MS in the vitamin D deficiency hypothesis. Nevertheless, geomagnetic disturbance, or GMD, has also been proposed as a potential trigger for MS in the geomagnetic disturbance hypothesis. The aim of this study was to investigate which of these mentioned risk factors is correlated with long-term MS incidence. So, it's, I mean, they're just trying to say, like, which one seemed to be tighter, tighter correlated to the prevalence in MS in a, in a, in a given population. So, Because I don't have time to go into all the science, I'll just jump right to the end and tell you what they found. And for that, I'll just quote the conclusion. Not the entire conclusion, but a good portion of it. And here's the quote. This study supports the GMD hypothesis and shows that it can describe the long-term alterations of MS incidence more efficiently than the current hypothesis of UV and vitamin D. It does not necessarily mean that we should neglect the discovered effects of vitamin D on the immune system, but indicate there is another environmental factor that potentially may play a more important role in triggering this disease. One or two decades ago, we did not know the immune modulatory role of vitamin D. Owing to the vast studies and tries following the proposal of VDH, vitamin D hypothesis, Many of these aspects were discovered. Now, the result of this study and the hypothesis behind it deserve to be considered as the topic for future research. 
not only in the field of MS, but also in the field of environmental factor research of other similar immune-mediated diseases. So what they found was that, you know, based on their study, which looked at different populations at different, in different places, and you, like I said, read the paper, you can find out more. Um, but what they're, they, they, according to their study, what they found was there was a tighter correlation between the geomagnetic disturbance hypothesis and versus the vitamin D hypothesis. But I really do appreciate what they wrote in the conclusion. I, I, I sincerely do because they've left the door open for the vitamin D hypothesis too because, again, there's some correlations there and there does seem to be something to it. And, you know, I think, you know, they alluded to these, you know, the vitamin D deficiency and the geomagnetic disturbances may actually be cofactors. But I think they've proven enough that it, that it should be studied. Now, I, I'll, I will admit, I mean, since about 2008, uh, I've had a daily regime with, with, with vitamin D. And it, for me, it's, it's, I'm religious about it. I, I won't share with you how much I take because it's based on me being a 215-pound male and kind of having an idea where my tolerances are. The reason why I won't share the amount that I take is simply because they're of no use to you because you're different from me. Uh, you know, are you are you a man? Are you a woman? Do you live in a different climate? And it's something that and and do you even have low vitamin D levels? I would consult a physician before you start supplementing, because. If you overdo it, vitamin D can be toxic. So, fair warning uh, there, but you know, talk to your doctor, get your blood tests to find out if you're low in vitamin D. It may be a factor for you, it might not be. So I, even to this day, even being aware of the geomagnetic disturbances uh, hypothesis, I still take vitamin D to this day. That said, I find what they're proposing very interesting and it does seem to, t to better fit uh, the distribution of populations of MS. For example, where I live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, it's very near to one of the northern 60-degree magnetic lines. And, and, and MS rates in northern Alberta are some of the highest on the planet. So, I mean, I can actually look at what they're proposing, look at where I live and look at where they're plotted, you know, sort of where, where they plotted this line and say, yeah, I, I, I live in one of those sweet spots. Um, you know, so if you're listening and, you know, looking at the stats, I, I know I have listeners across the planet. So depending on where you live and where you're listening, I mean, I, it would be worthwhile having a look at the papers and seeing the maps or where they draw these lines. The very first paper has it. And you can see if you live near one of these lines too. And, you know, but flip side, devil's advocate, you have to, you know, there are people at the equator with MS. So neither one of these hypotheses is a blanket that can cover, you know, our entire community. Um, I've long believed that, you know, the... The trigger for MS is, is not one thing, it's, it's several different things. Um, this is probably, a, a, you know, 
a bad comparison, but it does remind me if 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 you're old enough and you and you remember the 1989 Batman movie with uh, Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson's Joker was was poisoning Gotham, but they couldn't figure out how he was doing it, and then he it later was found out that he it wasn't one, and what he was doing is he was poisoning products from the the pharmacy and the grocery store. And it wasn't one product that would do it. You have, would have to have several of these products in combination to produce the poisoning effect. And I wonder if, if that's not what, you know, if, if the root of MS isn't just one thing, it's a combination of things. And if you so happen to be one of these unlucky folks that ended up ticking all the right boxes, then then you get MS. But what do I know? I mean, I'm just a... I'm just a guy who likes to ramble into a microphone on the internet. So, uh, I mean, I don't have any medical training or anything like that. So, that's why I always say, don't don't listen to me. Suggest you know, do the reading for yourself and form your own opinions. Um, but I, I really do appreciate those doctors continually uh, sending that stuff to me and. Um, and anytime they send me more updates, I, I will update on the podcast and on the blog. Um, I think it's just, uh, it's important to know what's going on out there with research. And um, maybe it confuses it more, maybe it doesn't, but it, it gives me comfort to, 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 to do the reading. Uh, on that note, if anyone's got anything to share, I, I have a few listeners that like to email me after every, after almost every episode. Uh, and I always ask them if they want to be a guest. And, and I'm asking you who, who are listening right now, if you'd like to be a guest and share your story as it relates to multiple sclerosis, or you, you want to come on the podcast and talk about the new Star Wars movie, I don't know. I love having guests. It's been a while since I've had one on. And uh, I'd like to have more. And even if you disagree with anything I have to say or everything I have to say, um, still love to have you on. Not to argue with you, but just to hear. Hear why. Hear your journey, your story, your thoughts, your, your outlook on life. Um, I, you know, some of the feedback I've got from listeners is that hearing the stories of other people in our community gives them comfort and it doesn't really matter where you are on in the world if you have access to a computer we can have you on the podcast so you know you can uh, you can email me anytime and I do respond to email Sean S-E-A-N at ownmultiplesclerosis.com you can find me on Twitter at ownms.com1 that's O-W-N-M-S-D-O-T and then the number one you can find Own Multiple Sclerosis and myself on Facebook just in Facebook search Own Multiple Sclerosis you'll find the Facebook page while you're there give me a like if you can so there's plenty of ways to reach out to me if you want to be a guest or if you have a question uh, you want some clarifications on anything I, you know, I've said um, please, please I, I, I enjoy the contact, I enjoy the communication, and 
I, I enjoy hearing other people's stories. I, I really do. It, it helped. This is, is this is is this is very doing a podcast is very cathartic for me. Um, and I didn't even do it with <laughs> expecting anyone to listen. So the fact that I've met people from all over the world has been has been uh, uh, as fantastic as it is humbling. I mean, if that even makes any sense. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I really, really, really appreciate uh, the feedback. Uh, while you're at it, well, actually, while I'm at it, I should let, mention now that uh, this podcast is now available on the MS and Me Radio Network. It's also available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, YouTube, and as of yesterday, TuneIn. So if you have the TuneIn app on any of your devices, you can find the YEG podcast and listen to it from there. I've also installed a TuneIn uh, player for, for my channel on TuneIn on, my, on the old multiplesclerosis.com website. Uh, it's on the right-hand side. Scroll about halfway down. You'll see it. So plenty of ways to uh, listen. Whenever I post this on YouTube, there's always a video in the background. I, to be honest with you, as I'm recording the audio for this, I have no idea what it's going to be. So, um, so yeah, get a hold of me. Tweet at me. Uh, like me on Facebook. And before I, uh, before I leave here today, uh, I want to again mention MS Buddy. If you are recently diagnosed or you're one of the, one of the members of our community that that's, um, doesn't know anybody else uh, with MS and, and, and would like to reach out and talk to somebody, it's, an easy, it's a great way to do it with the MS Buddy app. They connect you with a new, a new buddy every day around the globe and you can share stories, communicate, chat, and it's perfectly free. Um, highly recommend it. Anyways, I'm almost out of time. Uh, I'd like to thank you again for listening. I appreciate the feedback and I appreciate the support. Do me a favor, whether you're on my website, drop a comment. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, like the Facebook page, follow me on Twitter, all that great stuff. Anyways, that's it for me for this week. Hope you're having a good one. We'll talk to you real, real soon.